Coming up, I'm going to tell you how high performers make opportunities happen for themselves. And then new poll out says nearly 70% of people that are using ChatGPT at work are afraid to tell their bosses. Let's go. Helping you win at work and life, I'm Ken, and all this week we've been talking about excuses, popular excuses that I hear and have heard for years on this show, and also I've offered these excuses to people before. This is not meant to shame you, but to awaken you and empower you, because here's what I know about excuses. Excuses become rational thoughts for not taking action. That's what I know. Starts out as an excuse. We hold on to it long enough and it rattles around in our brain enough to where we actually begin to justify the excuse and it now becomes a legitimate, in our minds, in our minds only, a legitimate reason for not taking action. Now, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. In fact, These excuses that I've been teaching on, we talked about time, we talked about money, we talked about connections, people, and today we're talking about opportunity. And can I just tell you that all four of those excuses, the reason I'm teaching about them and I'm so passionate about them is because I offered them. I believed them. I was held back professionally because of these excuses. So let's get into opportunities, right? What does it sound like? Well, there's not, it's just too competitive. It's, there's not space for me. Um, the world doesn't need another one of blank. That's what it looks like, sounds like. So at the core of this excuse, excuse, as we've talked about these excuses all week, there's doubt at the core of all these. So we're really exposing doubt. So what's the core doubt underneath those voices that say it's, the opportunity's not there? It's, I doubt that I'll ever get an opportunity to do what I want to do. That's the core belief. Comes out different ways as I've given examples today, but that's it. I just doubt that there's ever going to be an opportunity. In other words, I don't think a door will exist, or I don't think if the door does exist, that it will ever be open for me. And that feels very final. And, and, and I've been there. And so, again, if we don't challenge that excuse and challenge that feeling, that feeling becomes a thought that just stays in our head. And then we go, well, you know what? I didn't go for it because it just, it, it was such a crazy long shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm smart. I'm, I'm not a delusional moron. Hey, I'm in touch with reality, man. Right? Yeah, by the way, I, I didn't plan to say this, but. How many of you know somebody in your life who's always talking about, I'm not negative, I'm just a realist? Um, I, I cannot reveal who that person is in my life, but I've got a person in my family that has for decades said stuff like that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not negative, I'm just a realist. Oh, you're a realist, all right. Everything that you think and feel and act on is negative and doubt-filled and fear-filled to the point that it is your reality. So you just dropping out the, I'm just a realist. (laughs) 
Can I just tell you there was a point in history where really smart and powerful people believed that the world was flat, that you could sail off the end of the earth? Ah! <laughs> the smartest, most powerful people in the world thought that. Guess what? They would say, uh, Christopher Columbus, we're not, we're, we're not negative. We're just being realistic. There's an edge to this world, and you'll sail right off the end of it, Skippy, if you're not careful. Well, let's just be honest. So your reality does not mean that it is true. All right, let's keep going. So why is this voice, this doubt, this excuse, I'll never get an opportunity. Why is it so common? A couple reasons why. That's what you see right now. The first reason is because you are looking at a world and in the lens, the glasses that you're looking through, there is no opportunity. You haven't experienced it before. Can't see the opportunity because maybe we don't know what opportunity we're looking for. Another reason is, is that you're not actually putting yourself out there to find it. So I don't see it is one. I just kind of, I'm scanning and I don't see opportunity. Two is I'm not actively looking for the opportunity. I love when my kids, by the way, say, hey, dad, I can't find my socks. And uh, I'll say, where did you look? Well, I haven't looked yet. You're not looking. And so when those two things are happening, that's why this is the common excuse. There's not an opportunity. I don't see it. And I'm not even trying to find it. All right. I want to take you back to my story because I told you at the start of this that these excuses I've been teaching on this week are excuses that I believed and I made these excuses and I let these excuses hold me back. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I was early on in the journey and uh, I, I just was talking to some people, but I couldn't see any doors and I wasn't talking to the right people. I wasn't looking in the right places. And I, and I allowed myself to go for about five, six months of not doing anything. And I started getting really down and discouraged about it. And I realized that I was going to have to go find some opportunity. Like, actually go dig. It wasn't going to be easy. I wasn't going to go to the opportunity store. I was going to have to get out there and uncover some things, get in the thick brush, and figure out what the opportunities could be, should be. All right, so... Fast forward, I had some connections, and I had an idea for a segment to interview well-known athletes or coaches and ask them about their journey before they were professional athletes or coaches, when they were kids, when they discovered sports, and then what life lessons that sports taught them that they use to this day. That was the idea. So there was a cable uh, news show called Sports Night. It was a sports show. On Comcast Sports Southeast, which no longer exists, I think it's now Bally Sports or whatever. But anyway, point is a twelve-state regional network, and I had a connection that would get me a meeting with the producer over there. So I went to my connection. I said, "Will you vouch for me and get me a meeting with the producer of Sports Night?" My connection in radio said, "Yes, I'll do it." He did it. I got the meeting. I show up. I meet with the producer and Jen, and I said, "Jen, I got an idea," and I explained the idea in much more detail than I just did to you. And I said, "If I bring you." Three or four of those interviews, will you air them? She looked at me and said, you'll do everything? I said, I'll do everything. I'll shoot it, produce it, edit it. I'll bring it to you. She goes, if I like it, I'll air it. I said, great. And I went out and did it. And I got five of these segments on. I didn't get paid for it. 
but it proved something to me. And if I look back on my career, it was one of the most confident, confidence-building moments of my career. Now, I want you to take away three things from this. Watch what I did. I asked a friend to make a connection and a meeting happen. When I got the meeting, I shared my idea with boldness. And then third, I delivered on it when I got the opportunity. There is an abundance of opportunities out there, but you're going to have to go find them and make them. you got to put yourself in the position. So here's the formula. Ask for a shot for a meeting. Share the idea. Ask for the shot to produce it. And then just deliver it. And watch the opportunities turn into more opportunities. Helping you get unstuck. That's getting your way out of fear and doubt. Getting over rejection. How do I get noticed? How do I move forward? How do I get better? That's what I do. I help you get unstuck so that you can become unstoppable, make more money, and experience more meaning. Who doesn't want that? Welcome to the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, if you like this show, uh, two things. If you're watching via YouTube, will you subscribe? We're growing, and uh, we want to keep growing. And would you share? Whatever you're watching on YouTube, would you share? So subscribe and share. And then if you're listening via your favorite uh, podcast app, will you follow us and give us a five-star review? Uh, That would mean the world to me. And then I want to remind you, if you ever want to get in on the show and ask a question, get coached up, you can call 844-747-2577 or email ask at kencoleman.com and uh, we'll get you in for a coaching session. Now, hey, I want to tell everybody, this idea of breakthrough, getting unstuck, I'm deeply passionate about it. One of the things I get to do on this show and then at all the Ramsey Live events is I do Q&A live in the crowd, and I just take real raw questions. And so we're coming to a city near you for a lot of you. And some of your friends and family, they're griping. They don't like their life, and a lot of it has to do with their work. They want to make more money. They want to start a business, but they don't know what to do. So they need breakthrough. So the event is called, wait for it, Breakthrough. And I'm coming to Kansas City, April 20th, Chicago, May 16th, Atlanta, May 18th, Dallas, May 23rd. And uh, these are really cool theaters, intimate settings, and uh, we don't have a huge number of seats. You're about 250 uh, at the max, and uh, I'm going to be speaking on the on the three-part formula to get breakthrough and act and live courageously to win professionally and financially. And then I'm going to take your questions to the crowd. going to be intimate, going to be a lot of fun. Again, uh, the website to buy your tickets, kencoleman.com slash events. We do have a VIP offering uh, for a select group who are going to hang out with me before the event. So go to kencoleman.com slash events, kencoleman.com slash events. Kansas City, Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, coming to you this spring, kencoleman.com slash events. By the way, this may be a great gift for somebody who's struggling. All right? That's what I'm going to tell you. Get them there, and I'll do my best to fire them up. All right. Uh, artificial intelligence. Everybody's freaked out. Oh, boy. You want to talk about a disruptor. I don't know of a technology when it's all said and done, and I can't see the future. But as I sit here today, 
reading what I read every day, I, 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 I can't see a technology that's going to disrupt the world like this is. And I'm talking specifically about the artificial intelligence as it relates to uh, gathering data and spitting it back to you to where you can use it. Now, chat GPT is kind of first to market, right? And there'll be competitors. There are competitors now. Uh, but this is mind-blowing. Uh, I'll give you an example. And, Alex, we need to do this on the show somehow. Um, but you could go into ChatGPT and you could say, um, write me an article um, on burnout in the voice of Ken Coleman. And you can literally do this. And that artificial intelligence in a matter intelligence in a matter of seconds can go pull anything I've ever written or said about it and then spit it back to somebody and it's it's wild. I mean, we're talking about seconds. It's nuts. I've seen it. Uh so that's the context by which I share this story. Um I first want to start with there's two stories I want to get to. First story is Sam Altman um who is the uh, CEO of the parent company of the product ChatGPT. It's called OpenAI. He told ABC News he's a little bit scared of his own creation. Yeah, it's a little bit of the, he created Frankenstein and now he's a little bit worried. Um, he says, I think if I said I were not scared, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job. He said, the reason to develop AI at all in terms of impact on our lives and improving our lives is that this will be the greatest technology humanity has yet developed. I agree with this. Uh, he goes on to say he's in regular contact with government officials, which doesn't make me feel better or worse. I mean, getting the government involved in anything, honestly, is usually an absolute nightmare. All right. Um, but he's scared about it. And specifically, he said um, he's scared that it's going to eliminate many jobs. Now, it is going to eliminate a lot of clerical jobs, AI will, data gathering, data entering, organizational stuff, you know, going out and retrieving. There's no question it will eliminate those jobs, but it will spawn all kinds of other jobs. And, and, and again, I've said this before, but for those that are worried about it, I want you to at least chew on this idea. If you think of the American automobile industry, okay. Decades and decades ago, it was all assembly line, all humans, right? And then, of course, technology and artificial intelligence has come along. And it's made for mass production. But it has not killed jobs in the automobile industry. Not across the board. Has it eliminated jobs? Yes. Were jobs created as a result of it? Yes. In fact, the other day, I got a call. I was co-hosting the Ramsey Show. And I got a call of a guy who's a welder. And he asked me, he said, Ken, should I take a, a new welding job? And I started asked about it, asking about it. And he said, well, the real difference is, is I'm not going to be welding anymore, but I will be monitoring a machine that does the welding. That's AI. Okay, that is artificial intelligence, where they can train a machine to weld like a dude but, or, a, or a gal. But here's the thing. He's still there monitoring to make sure it works. So he's going to get a fat raise, Alex, to actually monitor the machine that's going to do the welding. And I think that proves my point. Now, AI will disrupt certain jobs, but again, I think it's only going to spawn more. So there's that. Now, let's look at the other side of this. 
which, by the way, I recently had the uh, CEO of uh, BethelTech.net on the show. And you need to go look at that. He gave a very thoughtful response to AI and where the good, the bad, the border, you know, where where does it enter into some scary stuff, okay? Um, So I don't want to go into that because I think Ryan does such a great job on that. But this is an article that is very interesting. Business Insider, nearly 70% of people that are using ChatGPT at work haven't told their bosses about it. Um, More than 40% of professionals have used it at work, and 70% did so in secret. Now, I'm going to get to this in a second about what I think about that. Uh, This is a survey from Fishbowl uh, that came up with this data. Now, Again, just to give you more clarity on what ChatGPT is being used for at work, writing emails, scheduling meetings, analyzing data. Um, what are the concerns? Misinformation. Plagiarism. Uh, working professionals, including a realtor or a lawyer and a teacher, all told insider that they had discovered ways to make their jobs easier by using ChatGPT. All right. So I want to I now jump into this. There's people feeling like they're doing something wrong. And then there is, are you doing something wrong? So you got two factors here to look at. Let's first talk about 70% of people who are using it don't want their boss to know about it. Why? I've got questions. If you're using ChatGPT to uh, put a report together or write an article or an email, and it is a quality email, Who cares if you typed it all up yourself? The answer is, the customer doesn't. I can tell you that. The customer does not care. Like I use this example all the time. If you go to a concession stand and ask for a bag of chips, you just want the bag of chips. You don't want the mom at the football game going, do you know how they package these chips? No, I don't. Just hand me the chips. So the customer doesn't care if you use ChatGPT to solve their problem. I don't think your leader does either. But here's what's going on with this fear. People are afraid that, well, if I'm using ChatGPT to do the work, you're going to fire me. And I think you got to show your human element, what you've injected into it, and you're going to be fine. folks helping you win at work and in life i'm ken and one of the tools i have created to help you win is the get clear assessment what is it very simple it's about a 15 to 8 minute a 15 to 18 minute assessment that gives you self-awareness and awareness of potential paths for you that's it we get people call the time going well ken i i I still got questions yes you're supposed to have questions now you're asking questions the right way it is going to measure what you do best. You can walk away going, I know where I'm most talented. And then it's going to uh, reveal to you the type of work that you get excited about. And then it's going to tell you what motivates you. Those three things are huge for awareness so that you have confidence to try some things out and step out. Look, so right now, the Get Clear assessment's normally 30 bucks. 
I see Gary Spratt, one of the uh, super fans of the Ken Coleman show out there. Gary, did you pay 30 bucks? You got it cheap, didn't you? You probably got it for zero. Did I give it to you? Ah, oh, geez, Gary. Well, anyway, Gary got it really cheap. It's normally 30 bucks, uh, but it's 20 bucks all this week. And uh, midnight tonight, that deal goes away, and you cheapskates will have to spend 10 more dollars on it. Um, and Gary owes me 30 bucks for all I've done for his life, but I'll talk to him about that after the show. Uh, you can get the assessment at KenColeman.com slash assessment, KenColeman.com slash assessment. All right, let's go to Tina, who's joining us now in Erie, Pennsylvania. Tina, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for taking my, my call. I'm so pleased and happy to talk with you. Well, I'm pleased and happy to talk to you. What's up? Well, I'm calling because I, um, I'm i in my late 40s. I feel really stuck and unhappy in my current position, and I'm not sure what I need to do next. Um I've worked in the mental health field for more than 20 years, um, public mental health, and am currently in that field. Um, I've been through in the first, you know, I've been at my agency for about five years or so. First couple of years, I experienced some sexual harassment from a supervisor. That has ended. It was um, taken care of by HR. Okay. However, I feel like I have some kind of like residual difficulties because of that in the current job at my current position. Sure. Um, position my employer yeah um the per- person that was part of that is still there and and um but i'm not working with that person directly anymore i'm so sorry but, i i can't conceive of you. that i i just don't understand yeah. that no it was it was it was um it just definitely was damaging and definitely is playing into my unhappiness there and it also i feel like has created this um this feeling of being vulnerable and yeah. less confident in myself of course, and just struggle. And in the past, when I've moved from, you know, job to job, you know, I've always moved up in my life. I've always progressed and, or been part of promotions. And in this particular position where I am now, I know I have to leave because it's not a healthy place you for have me anymore. To. So let me ask you this. What, yes. what is keeping you there? Well, a couple of things. I think one of the biggest things is this new lack of confidence that I have or yeah, newish. Sure. Um, when it comes to even like looking at other jobs, I when you know, I, I become interested in some of the things I see, but when it comes to actually like writing the resume, applying for them, I just I can't do it. I feel so like not good enough, even though I know I am. And in addition, I, I need to be able to maintain my salary. I'm in baby step two, gotcha. and I have teenage kids at home, yeah. um, and a you know family to take care of, and I can't right. afford to lose. Yeah. You know, let me a ask you a question. Sum of money. Let me. I get that. Let me. Let me. Let me put a real question to you, and I want you to answer it as though mm-hmm. it were real. If you had noticed today that you were going to lose your salary. Mm-hmm. If you did not get a job in the next two weeks, and let's just say there were no delays and none of the normal, but you you knew there were opportunities out there that you're actually qualified for and that you're actually talented enough to pull off, but it was it was your kid's livelihood at stake, how would you respond to the voice of doubt when you're sitting there in front of that computer about ready to fill out that resume and those voices come up, which I understand why. Mm-hmm. But if you knew you had to, there was not a, I can stay here in misery 
I can stay here and deal with the shame. I can stay here and try to avoid that person who sexually harassed me. See, right now, I think you're staying because you can. I, you're right, I think. I mean, I'm, I would, do I'm fairly it. I would su- complete the task. I know you I know would. I would. I know, and I knew the answer, not because I'm smart, because mm-hmm. I know mama bears. <laughs> right. And right. You are a That's mama. Exactly right. You are a mama bear. And there is <laughs> nobody that would stand between you and the livelihood of your kiddos. So I am yeah, not I am not a professional counselor. Okay. And I think you need to be mm-hmm. seeing one. You probably are. You're in the mental health space. I, I, I yeah, I did for a period when, when it was happening and it was very helpful. I know, but I think you it need really to go was. but I think you need to go back and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily I'm I'm not qualified to give you real tools as it relates to mental health. I'm not a counselor, I'm not a trained counselor. Let me mm-hmm. tell you what I am. I'm a dude who looks at common sense choices. And I try to coach people, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's enough today. So I want you to commit to getting with the counselor that you saw before, because I don't want you to start from scratch. And I think you got to go in and go, I need some tools. Give me something that when I get in front of that computer to apply, when I have to go out and make some connections, get a job that I can actually look the lack of confidence in the eye and say, shut up. I'm going forward. <laughs> now that's a professional. I'm not a professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going to tell you what I think could work. I think what could work is have those those babies' faces in my mind every time I get in front of that computer. And the voice of doubt goes, oh, I'm losing confidence. Mm-hmm. Because here's what I do believe. I believe you are incredibly strong. Because you're a mama bear. And I think the only reason you're still there is because you're a mama bear. But when you begin to see other opportunities and you say, I'm going to seize these opportunities, not just see them, I'm going to go, I'm not going to be miserable. And I want to challenge you on something right here. Now, listen Mm -hmm. to me, Tina. Do you believe that I think you're a great mom? I do. I do. Tina, I think you're a great mom. Because I think you've put up with trauma and untold things that I could never put myself in your shoes for one second. And it is because you're a mama bear and you're staying in this toxic environment and you're wallowing in something that somebody did to you only because you want to take care of your babies. So, Tina, hear me say, that makes you a great mom, makes you a great woman, and makes you a great human. Now, because I just told you you're great, I'm going to challenge you to start acting great. Because you've been a victim who's holding on because of your babies, your children. Mm -hmm. But it's time to stop that. Because I think you are holding yourself back as a woman and you're holding yourself back as a mom by staying in that environment, and it's time for you to summon all that courage that you've shown day in and day out and say, I'm going to get myself out of this toxic environment. I am a mental health professional who has a lot of skill, who has a lot of passion, and who has a lot of experience. And I'm going to rise above this, first and foremost for me, second for my babies, 
And third, for the people that I'm supposed to help day in and day out, and I'm going to take my scars with me, and I'm going to win. And so when I start to feel that doubt, I'm going to say that's straight from the pit of hell. I do have what it takes. I've proven that I have what it takes. Every day that I've had to walk in and hope to not see that jerk who should have been fired and had his butt kicked in the back alley. Mm-hmm. It's time to act. No longer are you going to let doubt hold you back. You hear me? Mm-hmm. You ready? I do. I believe so. You believe so? Tina. I am. You can't keep this up for much longer. Yeah. If, it, if you stay in this toxic environment, it's going to take you out. If it takes you out, what's that going to do to your kids? It's time to mama bear up. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.